Hey baby witches, it's your witchy birthday girl, Alicia. Today we are dropping a mini so just because we are so busy and so tired from the Halloween slash Samhain activities that we just did. We hope you enjoy this mini about five witchy plants. And if you have a second, feel free to check out our Patreon. $5 witches and above get wonderful mini sods like this one right here. And you know, it's just kind of the place to be. Without further ado, babies, five witchy plants. Welcome to Faults of the Obscure by Witch Yes. I'm Alicia Herder. And I'm Sarah Keck. And today we're talking about witchy plants. We're talking about witchy plants. You asked. We kind of listened. We did. Originally, I think the ask was like 10 witchy plants. Too many. It gets long. Two fucking minutes. There is Google. Yeah. <laughs> One. Where do you think we are getting this information from? Don't tell them that. We have secret sources. That we you also have secret sources, but that's like five different sources we're looking at just to make one thing. And guys, come on. Like, I don't care about plants that much. And I care, about, I care about plants, but I also feel like you get to six or seven, it becomes unlistenable. You just stop caring. Yeah, you're like, oh, why? I have to learn about hydrangeas now. And it's like, I can't even visualize what that is. It is, it's like a lollipop, okay? Big ball. So hydrangea made of many, many tiny flowers that make one big ball. They are uh, pH detectors for your soil. So if it's really acidic, it'll be pink. Or if it's really basic, it'll be blue. And so you'll see hydrangea plants that are next to each other mm -hmm. that turn different colors and then there's like the mix where they turn purple where it's like just right what isn't that fucking plants are like i'm a little scientist and i'm just like in 10th grade chemistry being like what the fuck is this is it acidic or not is it what is a base why would something want to be basic and why does trump have such a strong one we're not going to get into it today no but we will be getting into a very modest five witchy plants. Boom. So we're gonna we're gonna start. Let's do it. I'm gonna start off with. I bet you were expecting this. It's rosemary. I wasn't expecting anything. What? Were, oh, nothing at all. No. You did some of this. Dandelions. <laughs> What's a plant name? Okay, wait, wait, wait. Name five plants. Bego Don't look around. Begonias. Look, begonias. One, two, three eyes on me, ma'am. <laughs> It's not like there's a lot of plants in here. There's those spider plants. Okay. I know that. I saw them earlier. I said hi. Mm -hmm. Um, A cactus is a plant. This is true. A tree is a plant. Yeah. A palm tree is a plant. It is a plant. But did you know palm trees aren't trees? It's just a plant. It is a type of grass. God, I'm fucking angry. I take it all back. I'm pissed. So we're talking about <laughs> rosemary. Great. Rosemary's baby. Nope, that's all I had. That was my joke. <laughs> Okay, but honestly, like, how often do we fuck with rosemary in this podcast? A lot. A lot. Possibly too much. Is it because it has the cutest name? It really does. Or is it because it smells like an expensive soap? Mm-hmm. Could it be because a lot of people say it's an easy substitute for most herbs in witchcraft and we are poor? Ah. Or because it is easily obtained at your local Ralph's? Probably that one. Whatever your reason, rosemary is a must-have plant to have in your witchy home. Here's why you should have one. One, it's got history. Ooh. Or herstory. Or history. Hastery? 
Hey, story. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, so Rosemary is first mentioned in 5000 BC, before the Common Era. Idiots. By the Mesopotamians on clay tablets. The infuriating thing is that the first three pages of Google offer up no context for its inclusion in these tablets, just that they exist. And most sources repeat the same phrase that I assume comes from the Wikipedia page. It's just like, yeah, there was rosemary. They're like, rosemary is mentioned in 5000 BC by the Mesopotamians on this type of clay tablet. And you're like, what did they say? Nothing. Nothing. Just rosemary. They're like, it's, I don't know if it's a recipe card. I don't know. From their little grandma's cookbook. Yeah. It's a diary. It could be anything. It could be for like early deodorant. Yeah. When was deodorant invented? Much later. Significantly. People were very smelly for a very long time and still continue to be. On purpose. Idiots. Oh, God. Anyway, back to Rosemary. What I can tell you is that Rosemary was originally from the dry, rocky terrain of the coastal regions of the Mediterranean, which sounds exotic. It does. It gets mentioned by Pliny the Elder in the first century, you know, before his untimely death at the red-hot hands of Mount Vesuvius. I didn't know he died from Vesuvius. Really? Yeah, it's him. So here's the story. Here's the tea. There's two stories. The first one is that Pliny the Elder and Pliny the Younger, Mm -hmm. I mean, people knew that Vesuvius, they fucked. No, they think they were father and son but back then okay so anyways unconfirmed fucking alleged (laughs) alleged fucking continue but that i mean everybody knew that vesuvius was going to explode because it was giving a lot of signals and so pliny the elder goes to study it first story is that he goes to study it and invites his son to come and his son says no i've got like some shit to do he's got like a hot date or something like that and so he's like i'll catch up with you and then when Pliny the Younger comes over on his boat catches up finally. to try to catch up, he literally watches Mount Vesuvius explode in fiery death. So he just goes backwards. Like, that's... <laughs> 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 reverse, 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 reverse. Abort, abort, abort. It's the worst idea I've ever had. I think the other story is that Pliny the Elder, like, sends ships to go help the people that are in Pompeii, specifically. Dead. And, uh... And he invites his son, and his son says, oh, I've got a hot date or something like that. And then and then he dies, too. But before he did die, mm-hmm. he did mention Rosemary. Ah, we're all coming back. Its Latin name, Rosemarinus, adorable, translates to dew of the sea. Rosemarinus. Gorgeous. Students and scholars used to wear wreaths of rosemary around their head when studying or taking tests because it was believed to clear brain fog and strengthen their memory. We're going to get to that later. On top of helping you remember the name of the powerhouse of the cell, it's also a symbol of remembering your dead peepaw because rosemary used to be laid on graves, memorials, or placed in the hands of the deceased before they were slowly shipped out to sea in a flaming raft filled with gold. God, that must have been good to smuggle. You got one of those old people coming down the river and you're like, I got one! Marie! <laughs> we got another! We're rich! Finally! We can get you the surgery. <laughs> What's a surgery? <laughs> Poor Marie. On the topic of health, rosemary contains antioxidants, antimicrobials, and anti-inflammatory compounds. So you can really stop eating all those blueberries and start eating rosemary. I mean, I'm sure it like tastes bad if you just eat it plain. What yeah. Do you eat rosemary in gravy. Gravy. Yeah. A stuffing. Stuffing. You know, I make a pretty good 
this is going to sound gross, but let me tell you, mm-hmm. it's a roasted onion and pear and rosemary casserole. And it sounds like it would be mm. gross, but it's freaking phenomenal. What? What? what I don't, I'm just so confused. What else is in it? It's rosemary uh-huh. and pear and onion. There's no cheese or anything. No cheese, like but you could add have cheese. You could put cheese on you top of it. You can put cheese it. in it. Okay. Um, and then it's got like a breading on top, which makes it quote unquote the casserole part. Uh, but it is like, mm, it caramelizes. Ooh, interesting. It's delicious. It's very Thanksgiving. It's really you could only serve it at Thanksgiving. That sounds good though. You should send me the recipe. I'll try it. But here we go. We're going to wrap up. We're going to wrap up Rosemary. Another <laughs> 2017 study published in the National Library of Medicine out of the Kerman University of Medical Science in Iran found that rosemary could improve your sleep quality, your memory, and ease your anxiety. Some participants were fed 500 milligram tablets of rosemary twice daily, while others were given just a placebo, and participants who received the rosemary tablets experienced improvements after just one month of taking this. Interesting. That might be worth it, actually. Yeah, for sure. But I'm also like... Better than smoking weed and then becoming more anxious. (laughs) Yeah. This is a better idea than what I'm doing now. Trying very desperately to fall asleep. I know. I just want to go to bed. But if you want to get into the witchcraft part of it, pretty simple. Rosemary's ruling planet is the sun. Gorgeous. Its element is fire. Hot. Which gives me that Leo energy. Mm Mm-hmm. And then here's sort of what it rules over. Protection, love, lust, mental clarity, which we've talked about. Exorcism, it seems a very purifying. Why not? <laughs> At this point. Everything. Everything. Purification, healing, sleep, and youth. It's really kind of your catch-all. 100%. It's like something's broken. Here's some rosemary. It might fix it. It's like the clear quartz of herbs. Oh, it is. 100. Good call. All right, so to keep a rosemary, the situation is is that it does need a lot of light. So that's why a lot of rosemary plants are outside. So if you bring it inside, you have to actually... Do you need one of those, like, boys with the lights? You you don't need one of the boys with the lights. You can do it just in a window. You will need some sort of south or east-facing window, north-facing window. No deal. Why? Because north-facing windows don't get enough consistent light throughout the day. Did you know that? No. If you get a south-facing apartment, not only is it, as we talked about in the Green Witch episode... A good feng shui. But on top of that, you're going to get so much beautiful, not just direct light, but light that sort of cascades over in a beautiful arch in every season. Ooh. So here's the situation. You actually have to acclimate it to your apartment. So if you have a rosemary. You have to like, these are my books. (laughs) This This is is my couch. This is the bathroom. Everyone should know where the bathroom is. Number one. Yeah. You, what you have to do is that you have to keep it outside for a period of time. Okay. And then slowly move it into the shade mm, over a period of at, at least three weeks because it will experience sort of like this lack of sunlight as a trauma. What? The biggest reason that rosemary die indoors besides lack of sunlight is that you're overwatering it. Mm. So what you need to be doing is sticking your finger. And I think that's like sort of uh, with all plants, you're going to stick your finger in the soil. And if it makes it up to your knuckle and it's dry, you're not going to water that plant. It's not thirsty. Mm. I never knew about this rule. I love this because it does make me feel like some sort of shaman or sort of trail guide. Like you're really connected to it. See, I don't like it because I wouldn't want to get my finger dirty. Mm-hmm. You do have to wash it after. Mm, yeah. No. And have you seen no go. nails? I mean, they're not cute. I have to wash my hands so much with COVID. Like I'm already mad. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. I don't want to have to do it more. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm, is crazy. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but besides that, I found rosemary, if you put it outside and you have sort of a a temperate climate, it's fairly drought resistant, it will grow wild outdoors. Okay. So if you have an apartment, you really have to be thinking about it. But I've seen plenty of successful indoor rosemaries. They can get really big. So just be careful that if you don't have the space for it, maybe make a friend. Go to a community garden. Use someone else's house. Use someone else. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Will you want to watch my rosemary? Forever. I will come here in the middle of the night. Every day. During the moon We times. are best friends. You don't need <laughs> privacy. Not for me. Another great plant to have is aloe vera. Because mm. mm. you're going to need aloe for the burn. But like actually, like you could use it for your burn, you know. And this is why you should have one. Aloe also has history. Rosemary is not the only special one. So aloe has been used for medicinal purposes in several cultures for millennia. Greece, Egypt, India, Mexico, Japan, and China. Ancient Egyptian queens Nefertiti and Cleopatra used it as part of their regular beauty regimes. You know, you put on your face. It's moisturizing. Mm -hmm. Ooh, face mask. Underneath the eyes. Always. Underneath, underneath the, the nostrils. Underneath the nostrils. Anywhere where lines will come. No thank you, sir. Have you heard this? That you should be moisturizing your fucking neck? Yeah, I have been. I've just started doing this a few months ago. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. I should have told Look you years ago. Look at the lines on my neck! No, everyone has lines on their neck. It's fine. Mm, we're just going to schedule the same day and we're going to get like a facelift. I have thought and about it'll be this. Fine. I have thought about this. It's fine. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. Everyone does it. Except for that woman in Wild Wild Country. You know who I'm talking about, baby witches. They know. <laughs> I don't. But everyone does it. It's fine. Alexander the Great and even fucking Christopher Columbus used it to treat soldiers' wounds. Which I'm also like, what? Wounds? Soldiers? What the fuck does Christopher Columbus have to do with anything? I don't know. I, this is information I got off the internet, you guys. The first reference to aloe vera in English was a translation by John Goodyear in A.D. 1655 of Dioscorides' medical treatise De Materia Medica. Oh, very beautiful. Italian, very Latin. By the early 1800s, aloe vera was in use as a laxative in the United States. Oh, it makes you poop. It makes you poop. It gets it out of there. But in the mid-1930s, a turning point occurred when it was successfully used to treat chronic and severe radiation dermatitis. So, you know, that bad, bad sunburn. Yes. For health, aloe vera gel provides a protective effect on skin from UV radiation. If you guys haven't used aloe after a sunburn, very missing out. You put that in the fridge for a little bit. Oh, you put it yeah. on you. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Ooh. It can also be taken in a form as a laxative and it can also provide anti-aging and anti-acne what can this plant not do it run for president no maybe it could if a dog can run for mayor can an aloe vera plant run for president answer in the comments answer aloe vera is safe for humans but it does contain a mild to moderate toxicity level for animals it doesn't look like it will kill your pet but it may cause them to vomit, like shit their fur pants, and cause you a high level of stress and alarm. So if you have pets, this might not be the one for you. This is not a chew toy. No. No, no, no. No. And there's no, I mean, cats get everywhere. So if you have a cat, like, you're shit out of luck. You can't. Yeah. No plants for you. No plants for you. For witchcraft, the ruling planet is the moon. The element is water. 
and the powers are for protection and luck. Aloe guards against evil influences and prevents household accidents. In some African countries and in Mexico, aloe is hung up in the household for protection, luck, and money. That's why I do not feel safe or lucky or have money because it's on the ground. (laughs) It needs to be high. Elevate, elevate, amplify. It needs to watch over you. (laughs) Like, Like a very spiky. Guardian angel. Yes. How? You can have one. You got to plant the aloe in a pot that contains at least one large drainage hole that is two to three inches larger in diameter than the base of the aloe plant. So specific. So specific. Drainage is very important because too much moisture around aloe's roots can cause root rot, which sounds gross. It sounds like teeth rotting. It sounds it's, bad. It's stinky. It's stinky Ooh, and it's, um, you can tell... If you ever like take a clipping of a plant and put it in water and wait for it to grow roots, if you leave it too long, it can get root rot and it looks like a mucus, like someone just fucking snot, snotted a Ew. big booger in there. It's so gross. But yeah, you can smell root rot. It's so, ugh. Ooh, and you gotta like just that throw that shit away. Yeah, just right out the window. Plant the aloe in a soil mixture formulated for cacti and other succulents, because it is a succulent, or combine equal parts potting soil and coarse sand to make your own mix. You need to place your aloe plants near a sunny window where they will receive plenty of indirect sunlight, such as a few feet from a south or west facing window. These fucking windows in different Mm -hmm. places. Mm -hmm. Crazy. You got to rotate that pot once or twice a week. So it needs a little bit more attention. Like You got to be aware of its needs so that all sides of the aloe receive equal lighting. This also helps balance out the look of the plant as leaves tend to grow toward the sunlight. Yeah, it'll literally lean like some kind of fucking buzzer. <laughs> like some kind of drunk bitch, like yeah. waiting for the train. Yeah, she's and she's tired. She's so tired. We're trying really hard not to fall asleep right here. Yeah. And we you have got, to take the L and the G. Oh, man, that's too many trains. Got to get a car at that point. Water the aloe plant only when the soil has dried out completely or every few weeks. Really, be sparse. Sparse. Just remember, rotate. (laughs) Rotate, gyrate. I really love, I want to just circle back real quick. Yeah. When I did ask you to name five plants. Yeah, how many did I get? Four? No, you made, you got to five. Good. You did not name any of these that you have done research on. So how my life goes is like, I'm so in the moment. Mm -hmm. I forget everything else that's happened before. Okay. It's unfortunate. Well, she's present. Mostly for me. (laughs) It's like, what's your CV? And I'm like, I have no fucking clue. But I'm sure I'm important. What's your social security (laughs) number? That is written on my arm. Oh. Oh. Get them numbers. We got another plant for you. It's the bromeliad. Oh, that sounds fancy. Or bro. Oh, cute. Cute. Bromeliad plants provide an exotic touch to the home and bring a sense of the tropics and sun-kissed climates. They're very, like, more flowery, but more kind of weird. Like, you get it, plant people? Flowery weird. They're weird. They're weird. They're weird. Their history of the bromeliads were probably developed in the Cretaceous period 65 million years ago. Old and weird. Old and weird. Archaeologists have found fossil specimens that have been dated to 30 million years ago. Bromeliads originate from the Andes Mountains to the jungles of Uruguay, but are now found throughout Central and South America. Belgian merchants brought bromeliads back to Europe in the 18th century. And that's why they're in European and European colonized nations now. That's so crazy. Incas, Aztecs, and Mayans used almost every part of this plant for food, shelter, fibers, and ceremonies. 
As a result, the bromeliad were viewed as a gift from the gods in some Central American countries. For hell, really, bromeliads can improve indoor air quality. <laughs> they release oxygen and remove air pollutants throughout the night. Just plant things. Just plant things. They're just doing what they're supposed to do. Bromeliads are non-toxic to cats and dogs, so they are perfect to have in your home with your furry friends. So that is a plus. That's very important, too. Like, people will collect plants and not understand, like, that if your plant, if you're... If your plant eats this, but also if your animal eats this, bad things are going to happen to their tummy and in their, their bodies. And their butt, which is possibly worse yes. for everyone involved. Both ends, gang. Not good. For witchcraft, the ruling planet is the sun. I mean, I think it makes sense when you have like a ruling planet that's the sun or the moon. Like very basic, very plant. Very plant. The element is air. You Purifying. We're purifying that air. <laughs> Power is protection and for money. So grow a bromeliad in the home for money and luxuries. These plants are also very protective of those within your household. There's a bromeliad over there with fucking knives. Yeah. I'm going to fucking get you. Yeah. Come near my human. So this is how you can have one. New gardeners learning how to grow bromeliads will find that the plant does not need deep pots or thick potting soils. I hope you know what that means because I am just saying words off this page. They do even better in shallow pots and may grow in low soil mediums such as an orchid mix, a blend of bark, sphagnum moss, and other organic amendments. Bromeliads need medium to bright light as an indoor specimens. <laughs> this is super copy and pasted. That's I'm so sorry, funny. guys. I should have dumbed this down for y'all. <laughs> Water needs are easily achieved by filling the cup at the base of the leaves. The water that collects in the pot should be emptied out weekly to remove debris and dead insects that stagnant water tends to lure into the cup. Lure. Ooh. It is like a mm, like a little, oh, come in here to my little watery like, grave. Do, 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 do. Feed the plants with a half-strength fertilizer every month in the growing season, and bromeliads will die after a year or two, but they produce offsets, otherwise known as pups, that you can remove and grow as a new bromeliad plant. Which is adorable. A pup. Yeah, it's like Charlotte's Web. Yeah, I was trying to say if your bromelia dies after two years, it's not you. It's the plant. <laughs> this, this is, is not... just what they do. <laughs> it's like a hamster. It's like a hamster. They're here for a good time, not a long time. Not a long time. Another plant for your witchy indoor garden is mint for that fresh breath. <sighs> Why you should have one, the history. Mint has been around and been used Forever, like all these fucking plants apparently are. None of these plants are new. Ancient and unforgiving. In mythology, Proserpine, I believe, Pluto's wife, was said to have transformed a hated rival into a mint plant, which is kind of like a very silly revenge plot. Yeah, here, now you are a plant. People Ooh, will you use smell you. so good. People will <laughs> use you as a toothpaste. In ancient Athens, where it was common... To scent different parts of the body with different herbs, mint was the scent most commonly used on the arms. Makes sense. It's very potent. That's interesting, though, where you're like, okay, my arm is going to smell different than my neck, which is going to smell different than my pinky toe. Yeah. I think they just had to get creative back then. Like, I'm a charcuterie board of, like, many different smells. Yeah. I guess it's better than using pig's fat to make fucking soap. Truzies. <laughs> Truzies. Yep. Okay. I don't know. It was then used in the 14th century as an early toothpaste, and mint history identifies the pilgrims as the people most likely responsible for bringing the herb to the Americas. 
Thank you, pilgrims. You did one good thing. You did one great thing. For health, mint may help relieve indigestion and help with irritable bowel syndrome. However, research says it may not be good for you if you have GERD. So different stomach issues. (laughs) This is not a cure-all. This is not a cure-all. Go to your doctor. Please make sure you know what you have before you try to make mint cure it all for you. It helps in fighting bad breath, of course, as so many toothpastes have a mint fragrance. And for witchcraft, the ruling planet is Mercury. We're like mixing it up over here. The element is air. Deities associated with it are Pluto and Hecate. And powers include money, lust, healing, travel, exorcism, and protection. Mint has long been used in healing potions. It is said that the fresh leaves rubbed against the head will relieve a headache. Which seems silly, but maybe. Uh, I haven't tried it. I haven't tried it. To be fair, we have not tried it. To be determined. Mm-hmm. Mint is also used in travel spells and to provoke lust. I smell like Colgate. Come and fuck me. You know what? But that's better than other smells. Yes. Like, as long as your, like, mouth is smelling good, maybe that is more, like, fuckable. True. I, I will refuse to have sex if you smell like maybe like guacamole. I've had some really good smelling guacamole, though, so I would differ. Cilantro? No cilantro. Oh, I love cilantro. Okay, yes. I also love cilantro. Okay. Done. Done deal. It's also used in money and prosperity spells, the easiest of which is to place a few leaves of mint in a wallet or purse or to rub the leaves on where your money is kept. Just, like, fucking rub mint all over it. <laughs> rub mint on all your belongings. Just Why to not? Be sure. Why not? If you place fresh mint on your altar, it will call upon good spirits to be present and aid you in magic. And this is how you can have one. You can grow mint indoors in a pot of soil or even in a bottle of water. It kind of doesn't matter what container you use, but it does need adequate drainage for healthy plant growth. Pot up your mint plant with a good potting mix, either a regular commercial type or one with equal amounts of sand, peat, and perlite mixed in. I don't know what those things are, so probably just get the commercial type. Water the mint plant well after planting and place it in an area with indirect light, preferably an east-facing window during spring and summer or a west or south-facing one in fall and winter. These plants are very picky. They're particular. They need a lot of shit. Humidity is another important factor, so mist the plant between watering or set the container on a water-filled tray of pebbles. You should rotate the plant every three to four days or so to maintain a more even appearance, as plants tend to bend towards the light, once again becoming lopsided and stupid looking. Do you want your cute plant for Instagram or do you want your dumb looking plant for Instagram? This is, You gotta be on it. You gotta take care of them. You do. You can't sleep on this shit. No. All right. Now we are moving into our final plant. Final plant. Number five. Yes. We have had a sort of a medium amount of discussion about which plants are going to hurt your animal. Mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. plants are fine for your animal to eat. So I present to you a very animal-positive plant. Perhaps you've heard of it. I'm ready. Catnip. Ooh, I've heard of catnip. That's oh. those drugs. Give me That's all that, that hard stuff. Yes. Ooh. So we're always telling you plants that will also happen to kill your cat, like in particular because they are nosy. So I did want to end this with something that your cat will love. Here's the history. Catnip, also called cat's wart or cat mint, is native to Europe, the Middle East, Central Asia, and parts of China. So a lot of the world. Mm -hmm. 
But with globalization, you can also find it well-established in North America and New Zealand randomly. New Zealand loves their cats. They do. Yeah. Catnip was originally cultivated to be an ornamental plant because it creates these really beautiful like flower spires of purple and white blossoms and therefore attracts many beautiful butterflies. Ooh. But catnip isn't called pretty butterfly nip, you know? It's 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 called catnip, so we should talk about cats. <laughs> we we got to talk about the cats. The isomer that cats find so mesmerizing in catnip is called... What is it called? Tell us. Hold on, I practiced this. I like that you said isomer. I am already impressed. Here we go. I really, I practiced this. Nepotalactone. Ooh. Fucking bow before me. (laughs) That was gorgeous. And it's actually an insect repellent. So your cat is basically huffing Murphy's Naturals on the regular. Amazing. Nepotalactone only affects two-thirds of cats, and as far as scientists understand it, it's hereditary. What? It's just like a genetic thing? It's like literally you can have a cat who's not into it? 100%. 100%. That's crazy. So basically, if your cat's mom wasn't into catnip, like your cat is not going to inherit. If your cat's mom wasn't pushing in the alley, your cat's <laughs> not going to be into it. If your cat's mom wasn't fucking punk in the 80s. If your cat's mom didn't go to rehab, your cat's not going to like it. <laughs> The adorable side effects of catnip aren't exclusive to domestic cats. Strong reactions have been seen in leopards, cougars, lynx, and servals, which I did look up what that was. Mm -hmm. And it's basically, it's a big cat. Mm -hmm. And it kind of looks like it's got a, like a big cat body, you know, like sort of lion tiger body. But then it has a very small, like kitty cat, like it has no chin. It has, it's like very tiny head. Yeah. (laughs) So, um. Those were sort of big, strong, um, expected reactions. Lions and tigers also react, but not as consistently. They're too busy looking like powerful and scary. This is true. And eating, you know. Me. Me, you. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Oof. Never given little jelly beans some catnip? Here's what to expect. It starts with the nose. If your cat inherited the drug user gene, once it gets a whiff of the catnip, they're going to go crazy. Rolling, flipping, rubbing. Sometimes they'll meow and growl at the same time. Ooh, how weird. Cats are weird. Once they eat it, it should have the opposite effect, which is extreme relaxation and zoning out. You just CBD'd your cat. You did. Oh, no. Her anxiety, gone. But don't worry because it's only going to last about 10 minutes. Oh, interesting. Here's the tea. Your cat really can't OD on catnip, but they can get sick from it. They can, they can throw up. So what you should do is trust that your cat will know when the bad tummy times are coming. Aww. So don't like force feed your cat catnip. Poor baby. And if we're getting into the witchy stuff, the ruling planet is Venus. The element is water. Deities that it's associated with are Bass, which is an Egyptian goddess who comes sort of in the form of a lioness and later in the form of a domestic cat. Oh, that's who that is. Okay. And then uh, something that you could associate it with, cat magic, love, beauty, and happiness. I wish the book I read went more into what cat magic was because I was like, tell me. What What is is this? Okay. And I don't know how to take care of it because then I did get very tired. Of doing research. But it is very Googleable. It's extremely Googleable. It came up on indoor plants. You can grow it indoors. It came up on easy indoor plants. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. So Alicia, Alicia, Alicia. 
Yeah. You are not interested in maintaining plants. No, but I did receive some fake succulents from my Shein order today. So Adorable. They're like, you know, this big. I'm going to put them near the sunlight just for pretense. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to rotate them. Because you don't have to. Because I don't have to. And this has been Faults of the Obscure. Bye. See you. Plants. Plants. <laughs>